Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. sure was real. What if they were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? It's the question that drives us, Neo. What is the Matrix? It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. You are a slave born into a prison for your mind. The Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. Try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are a plague, and we are a cure. So you're here to save the world. I'm trying to free your mind, Mia, but I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. It seems that you've been living two lives. I've seen an agent punch through a concrete wall. Men have emptied entire clips of them and hit nothing but air. Everyone who has fought an agent has died. But where they have failed, you will succeed. So do you need guns? Lots of guns. No one has ever done anything like this. That's why it's going to work. Mr. Anders. What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? No, Mia. I'm trying to tell you that when you're ready, you won't have to. So cool. <laughs> Why don't we just give an applause for the media team? They did a fantastic job. Really good, guys. There is, uh, there is this subject about the culture we are in, the system as we know it, and how we as humans, we've been building systems trying to keep control of the things around us, and we end up being slaves out of this. And uh, I believe God wants us to know how to really overcome this system. There's a really interesting saying that uh, the Catholic Church uses, and I really like that sentence. They say something like this, the church that marriages 
with the spirit of an era in the next era will be a widow. And that's very profound. That's really profound. We cannot compromise. There are, there are a couple of uh, scriptures that I want us to just read before. Let's go pretty quickly to Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, where it says, Jesus is saying, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under, under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive, will receive, will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you very much for today. Thank you because there is a blessing that you gave us when you were walking on earth. You say, blessed are those who had pure heart because they will see God. They will see God. Thank you because you just paid such a price so we were able to be more aware of you. We were able to see you all around us. Even in the movies, in the books, in the literature, or even in businesses, Father, even in family, in different areas of our life, in different expressions of, of our humanity, to be able to be just aware of you, Father. Thank you because in this morning we're just launching a new series and we totally know you are with us in this. Thank you because you are going to just use, this, use these movies as excuses in order to show us principles. Give me the right words. Help my brothers and sisters to understand my accent. And give me also the right expressions. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So you were watching this short clip about Matrix. And it is a really cool clip because it, actually this movie is my favorite movie. Because it is talking about this system that it was built in for one purpose, to keep people in control, to be able to control everything around and being able to manipulate, so to speak, the, 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 the different societies that were getting built inside of it. And it is so close to reality. It is so close to reality. That's why this movie is one of my favorites one. I know that the authors of this movie, they were having a different objective at the end. But this is the powerful thing about principles. They work. It doesn't matter how you focus them. They will work. If you're generous, it doesn't matter if you're not being generous with God. That will bless you. <laughs> that will give it back to you. Because it is a principle. It is like gravity, you know. If you know how to manage well gravity, you are going to be blessed, even if you are a Christian or not. If you don't know how to manage gravity, you are going to be sore, <laughs> you know, even if you're a Christian. So, basically, that's what is happening here. And this movie really shows, shows us in such a powerful way all the path that you as a Christian need to walk with the Lord from being birth again, you know, with that sticky, gross thing, material, be unplugged, get baptized, being rescued from the waters, you know, start a whole process of rehabilitation, recovery, 
oh, my eyes are hurting. That's because you never used them before. Yeah. You know, that, that happens with us. Oh, God, you are, I cannot see well. Okay, that's because finally you are paying attention to me. You know, that happens with us. And he starts a whole process of training just in order to face enemies. And these enemies, they thought they were going to harm this guy, but actually they were helping him to reach his highest potential. And that's what happens with us when we are walking with Christ. So I already gave you my summary of the movie. <laughs> so let me just tell you what Bible principles do I see here. In Matthew chapter 16, there is a really powerful conversation between Jesus and his disciples. And it says like this, Matthew 16, verses 13 to 19. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philip, he asked, he asked his disciples, uh, sorry, of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Hmm, that's where it gets interesting. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And then he continued saying, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound on heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be lost on heaven. That's so powerful. <laughs> That's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It is very interesting that when you start reading the scripture, that, that, that passage of the Bible, it says that they were in certain location. And that's really important. The Bible doesn't give us those, those, that information just for us to know. One of the things that I know about God is that he is not a journalist. He's not telling us things just because he wants us to know. He's not in the gossip business. Normally, when he tells you something, he wants you to be aware of the details. And the important thing about this city is that this city was really showing the system that was ruling that era. The king of Israel during that time wasn't an Israelite. For the very first time, the king was from Edom, I think is the way you say it. He was one of the sons of Esau. The other son of Isaac. And God gave, you know, really clear instructions. You will never have a foreign king. So he was really pretty much hated <laughs> by the people of Israel. So he was really clever, you know. He was a smart, he was not a dumb guy. So he was playing politics. So he went to Jerusalem and he built up, he restored the temple. So he earn, you know, the gratitude of the people of Israel. But he wanted to please Caesar too. So he built up a whole city for Caesar. So he was pleasing Caesar, he was pleasing the Jews, he was pleasing everyone. That's politics. 
For you to be in politics, you need to be a really good mediocre. Me, medi mediocre? <laughs> it's the expression. Mediocre? Med, med, how, how it is? Mediocre. Thank you, man. You need to be a mediocre. You, you, don't, you don't need to really stand for your ground because you're going to be so hated for some people that you will never get it to, to, into the place of authority. So that's the system we are, we are living in. We are with people that they are so quickly compromising things, you know, in order to keep power. And that was where Jesus was walking. That's the place where he just asked them, okay, who the people think I am? And, and this is really important because when you start watching the movie, you see that when Morpheus describes the matrix for Neo, he says, you know, it's a system built up to make us slaves. And you can see it all around you in the work, in your, in your school, even in the church. And sadly, that's true. Sadly, that's true because... We have this tendency, we, we as Christians, let me just put my ideas in order because I want to explain something very delicate for you that I, I wish you will receive it in a really good and gentle heart. You will be mercy on me. We as Christians, we already know that we cannot do nothing without God. We know it. It is like in our veins. It's part of our DNA. We know I cannot do nothing without God. The problem is that we also learn to do nothing with God. And that's the problem. That's actually the problem. We don't, we, don't, we don't want to do anything if God is not in it. But sometimes we realize God is in it and we don't want to do it either. And that's a huge problem. And Jesus wanted to really check up the system and check up his disciples. And, the, and, and, and his intention was so violent and so, so radical that he didn't even use the religious term of that era in order to build a new system. He didn't say, behold, I, I, I will establish in you my new synagogue. He said, I will establish in that revelation my church. He changed the term and they understood it. Right now for us, the word church is already so, we are so used to it that we don't understand the power behind that word. So I want to show you one more clip just because we're in the movies. So just pay attention to this clip. Do you want to know what it is? The matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. <sighs> Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have. 
have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. Nothing more. So good. And that's what he is offering us, the truth. And nothing but the truth. <laughs> he said, the truth shall set you free. So in order to overcome the culture, the spirit of the era, there are just three principles that we want to really quickly speak about and some practical steps that will help us to go in that direction. The first thing we need to realize and be totally trans sincere and truthful with our hearts is who Jesus is for us. Who really Jesus is for you? Is he just, you know, what you are used to because you were born in a, so to speak, Christian culture? It is he just a history, you know, character? What, what he is in your life, what, who he is for you, and that is really an important question. And when Jesus was walking with his disciples, he started asking to them what the culture thinks about me. And there are so many answers about it, you know. They just started saying, you know, no, you are Elijah. Some others say you're Jeremiah. You are this prophet. You are that guy, you know. You can ask the society outside these doors, who, who is Jesus for you guys? You will have so, so much answers and information and details and even as scientific, you know, researches and everything. You, will, you can gather, you know, tons and tons of information of answers. But the powerful thing is that Jesus suddenly changed, radically changed the question, and he didn't say, okay, I, I'm not interested in what the people think about me. What do you guys think about me? What do you think about me? Who am I for you? And I can actually picture that time, you know, like a really uncomfortable silence. Like everybody thinking, what should I answer now? He's asking me. His eyes are piercing me right now. And he's asking me, who am I for you? And Jesus didn't ask this question when he just started walking with them. He spent some time with them. He spent some time. He showed them love. He gave them instruction. He gave them teaching. But it doesn't matter how long have been the process you've been living with God. One day will come in which Jesus is going to stand up in front of you and he will get real. And he will ask you to get real too. Who am I for you? Who am I going to be? Just the nice thing you get to do Sunday mornings? Who, who, who am I going to be? Just a hope you can have in the corner when 
times get difficult, so you go out and knock on my door. Who am I going to be? And Peter suddenly just turned around, and he was the only one. I just love Peter, you know. He is my favorite apostle in the Bible. I don't know if you have favorite apostles. Mine is Peter. Because he's so human. You know, he's, he messes it up all the time. And that's like me. I'll be like, oh. Paul make, makes me nervous. You know, when, when I study Paul, he's so perfect. He's on time. He's always with the right answer. He's always in the right position. He, that's not me. That's not me. I'm, I'm constantly, you know, piecing it, you know, stepping over everybody else's toes. And so Peter makes me comfortable. And Peter also had times of so much revelation. Even when you read the letters of Peter, he's so prophetic. And he just turned and looked at Jesus and said, and say, you are the Messiah. You are the Lord. You are the Son of God. And this is so powerful because we need to start realizing Jesus' answer to this answer that Peter gave him. He starts saying, you are so blessed, Peter. Because this is, it, 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 you couldn't. Have that answer out of information. You know, there is no other generation that had so much information as this generation. In never in human history or modern history, you ever had a generation with so much, so much information. Right now, for you to have all the information you need, you need to pay only $45 per month to have an internet subscription. That's it. And you have all the libraries in the world. You have all the information you need. But there is a question that Jesus is going to ask you that you cannot relate to information. It's only going to be answered out of revelation. And revelation has to do with an attitude in your heart. Revelation has to do with understanding that there is something beyond your understanding that you really need to start trusting in. Because you are not going to find any other answer out of revelation in the information that is around you. And information is cheap. Revelation isn't. You have to pay a price. You will have to pay a price in order to be able to receive revelation and walk under that revelation. Whew, let me continue because I can just be there for hours. James chapter 4 verse 6 says... God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's the price of revelation. You being humble, you being able to say, you know, God, you're right. All this information is just garbage. And I need to be humble and start to understand. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, there is a principle that we, we tend to, to read it really fast and we don't notice what God is telling us. It says there in Hebrews 11.3 that by faith we understand. Meaning that your understanding and your reason is the result of your faith and not the opposite. Hello. So you go to listen to different scientists and studies and and they, they always say, no, this happens because of this. And you, oh, oh, yeah. And this happens because of this. Ah, oh, yeah. And this happens because of this. Oh, yeah. You, you start, you know, getting really uh, amazed by their 
knowledge and intelligence. But at the end, they will say, and this, you know, out of a long, long time, for somehow this happened in the very beginning. And that is not science. That's faith. That's faith. So even that understanding becomes from faith. Nobody understands out of reason. Everybody understands out of faith. Even non-Christian people. It's an act of faith. We all live by faith. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else. No one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Only Jesus' name. You need to really start answering that question. Probably you've been 20 years in the church or all your life in the church. Or probably you just have a couple of months, you know, starting to visit the church. There is a day, and I believe the day is today, in which Jesus is just knocking at the door and asking you, who am I for you? Who do you want me to be for you? Do you just want to relate with me about information? Or do you really want to discover by your own what? I'm able to do in your life and, and, and who I really want to be, how close I want to be with you. And the powerful thing about this scripture is that out of that answer that Peter received by revelation is that he was blessed later with Jesus' answer about him. Because that's the, that's, that's all God, you know. We are knocking on the doors in our society trying to discover who am I? Who am I? If, if, can I change my gender? Can I do this? Can I just change my hair? Or can I start using this piercing or this tattoo or this thing? Or, and, and we relate our identity out of, out of so much stuff. But there is only one source where you can really understand recognize and finally, finally discover who you are. Because this is the truth about you. <laughs> you, cannot do, you cannot decide who you are, but you can discover it. Because Jesus already, God already decided who you really are. <laughs> Romans, in Romans 8, I, I, I believe it's somewhere around verse 14, it says that let God be true Every man is a liar. That means you are a liar. I am a liar. And God always tells me things like, Tato, you are so blessed. And I'm like, no, God, I'm not. Tato, you are so anointed. No, God, I'm not. Until one, finally one day he just looked at me and said, one of us is lying. <laughs> and you will have to decide who. Let every man be a liar. Only God is true. Only God is truthful. And he is telling us who we are. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 9 and 10. This is so powerful and this is so me. It says right here. The heart of man is deceitful above all things. And desperately sick. <laughs> who can understand it? It's like a hopeless statement who can understand your heart you cannot understand your heart society is telling us you need to do that this 
a introspection in order to know yourself. And God is telling us, no, that's a quick road to deception. If you just start pondering about who you are and you are going to be so lost, man, because your heart is, is, is a liar and your heart is sick. And there, is, there are no answers about just pondering and being meditating about who you are. But he gave us in the next statement such a powerful answer. He says, I, I the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. It's the same thing that we read it at the beginning. Behold, I'm coming soon <laughs> and my reward is with me and I will give you. I will give everyone according to their deeds. You have a reward. There is a crown waiting for you. There is a day in which you are going to step into eternity and you are going to collect the harvest of all the days you were tested here on earth and you were able to answer before these different testings, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is the Messiah. I'm not compromising. Thank you, Kali. Thank you so much. For a second I felt like I'm not compromising. Ing, 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 ing. <laughs> but thank you, Kali. You saved the day. Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24. It says, this is the humble position before the Lord. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. This is so beautiful. Let's watch that second clip that I have for you here, guys. Another. The next clip. Tank, there you go. load the jump program. You have to let it all go, Neil. Fear, doubt, and disbelief. Free your mind. If he makes it, the ones that have made the first jump. Now I know. But what if he does? He won't. Right. No problem. No problem. Right. doesn't mean anything. Everybody falls the first time. Right, friend?
is it real? Your mind makes it real. If you're killed in the Matrix, you die here? The body cannot live without the mind. Gee. Man. What a statement. I cannot give new wine and pour it in an old skin because it's going to break and I'm going to lose the skin and the wine. And God paid such a price for the wine and such a pri price for your skin that he doesn't want to compromise any one of those. And we need to renew our minds in order to receive this. There is such a powerful statement that you need to get rid of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Because your mind makes it, makes it real. Your mind makes it real. Actually, if you could listen God's voice about your crisis today, you will find out that it's not such a thing, you know. It's not such a thing. Yeah, it's hard, it's painful, but it's not impossible. God is with you. He has shown you that before. And to be again having fear and unbelief is actually rude. <laughs> it's rude. So, the thing here is that God wants to answer to you who you are. He said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. He described who he was. Simon means, you know, like a bamboo. This king that was moved by the wind, you know, to one side to another. And he said, no, no, no. You are no longer Simon. You are Peter. You are a rock. You are not going to be moved by the circumstances. And over that revelation is where I'm going to build my church. And I will give you the keys. And hell will not overcome. You will be the overcomer. Hell is not going to establish its system over you. So... How can we start knowing who we are and walking according to what Jesus really wants us to be living? The first three practical steps that I want to just give you. The first one is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 6. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought, every thought, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete so first step in order to renew our minds the first step is you should consider every thought as a pow prisoner of war every thought comes from a womb they are not orphan thoughts and you need to realize where is the source where that thought is coming from it's coming from what Jesus talked about you or it's coming about what the system wants to describe you. Are you Mr. Anderson or are you new? You need to decide. The world has already a big file about how to describe you in different places. And sometimes you end up arriving to that 
time in your life in which you need to start taking decisions and you need to express yourself and you don't find any room and you like a thing from here but another from there and another and you end up just dying to certain things in your life because the truth is the world doesn't know how to really describe you. God says that we are living stones. That's why he hates bricks. The system loves bricks. Because one, one brick is broken, it can be easily replaced. Stones are not easily replaced. Let me continue with this. He wants, to, he wants you to know that you are actually entering into a hunting season. And he is asking you today, do you want to go with me out for hunting? We are going to hunt for those thoughts. We actually think that God feels offended when we continue struggling with the same thoughts. He's not offended. He's actually asking you, can, can, can I engage? Can you invite me? I would love to show you how to hunt that, you know, and bring it captive to the obedience of what I really want to tell you about this. The powerful thing is that in every circumstance from now on, there is a reality in the world that was freed thanks for what Jesus did in the cross or because of what Jesus did in the cross. And you can find it out in the very birth of the church in Acts chapter 2 when something miracle, something big started happening and the people didn't have the words to explain or they don't understood what was going on. There are always two questions that you need to ask yourself every time you are living under a circumstance that you don't understand. Those questions are, verse 12 of Acts 2, what does this mean? <laughs> Jesus, what does this mean? This crisis I'm living, what it means? And the second question, you find it in verse 37, what shall we do then? Who you are for me today that you couldn't be yesterday, not because that provision was not in you is because I was distracted in other things but today you are for me everything I am not today you want me to realize something that I couldn't realize yesterday the second thing that I want to give you about these practical things first one consider your thoughts as p-o-w second tip things you practically will avoid Things that you will need to avoid. You will be intentional avoiding them. Ephesians chapter 22 and 24 says, To put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life. And it's corrupt, corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's so beautiful. And the third step that I want to just give you is things you intentionally will start practicing. Yeah, there are things you need to just cast out of your life and things you need to start embracing. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, Set your minds on things that are above. Set your minds in things that are above. Yeah. Not on things that are on earth. For you have died. <laughs> you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
when Christ, who is alive, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Watch this last clip and we will finish the message. Right, that's so good. Let's stand up, give God a big applause in this morning. It's so beautiful. Yes, Jesus, we just give these claps to you. You are the champion of champions. Trinity is so 
so key in all this message because that's behind that. It's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit just loving you. Even when he knows we are going to fail, he is like very quiet saying, come on. Until finally when he decides, you know, I know this is not your end. And we need to realize the truth. There is no spoon. There is no spoon. We are already dead. And we need to wake up to the reality of the new man. Jesus in you is the hope of glory. I will call the worship team, please, to come here to the stage. The Bible tells us in Revelations, the last chapter, about two systems of, of, of ruling, two ruling systems, two cities, two women. Speaks about Babylon as a system of slavery, system of corruption, system that is a system that is a murderous system, a killing system, an oppressive system. And he speaks about a second woman, the wife Jesus' wife, the new Jerusalem, a city of freedom, a city of love, a city where we are welcome. We are welcome. And we can start living that today. Father, thank you so very much. Because I know that in this era in which everything is getting so compromised, so stupidly compromised, you just walk with us and we love come close to us look into our eyes and ask us you know who am I for the people but at the end you will look us again and you will ask us who am I for you who am I for you I just want you to realize my love I just want you to realize that I have overcome the world. I have overcome all the systems. And you can too. I want to give you the keys. I want to give you the keys. So you can bind everything that needs to be bind. You can lose anything that needs to be lost. So hell will not prevail in your life. Remember that your mind makes a world. So start believing me. Thank you, Jesus, that in this week, during this week, we may consider all these thoughts and help us, Holy Spirit, to go even deeper and deeper and deeper and understand us better just because we were able to have a revelation from you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you're able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.